This is the Banker's Corner, a McGuire Woods series exploring investment trends, solutions, and business issues relevant in today's private equity and finance industry. Tune in with McGuire Woods partner Jeff Cockrell as he and specialists share real-world insight to help enhance your knowledge. This is Jeff Cockrell from McGuire Woods. Welcome to another episode of our Corner Series where we bring together dealmakers and professionals in the intersection of healthcare and private equity, talking about trends and deeper uh, sector dives. Thrilled to be joined today by my good friend Michael Parker at AMB Advisors, uh, one of the uh, leading healthcare investment banks uh, that focuses on middle market transactions and healthcare provider services, healthcare IT, and other kind of related fields. Michael, maybe give a brief introduction of yourself and A&B, and then we'll jump right into it. Yeah, sure. Michael Parker again. I, uh, I head up the uh, healthcare investment banking here at A&B. I uh, am based in Atlanta, and the rest of our team is in is in Charleston, South Carolina, on the investment banking side. Uh, been in the, uh, let's say, call it the investment banking, financial services ops side for you know, approaching a little bit north uh, over 20 years, and uh, nice to be here today. Thanks for, thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks, Michael. It's a, one place we could start is uh, kind of to break it down into some more specifics. What are some sectors that you're spending a lot of time on? And then we'll delve into one of them. Yeah, so that, that, fair question. So we broadly, our firm focuses on healthcare services, healthcare IT, and, uh, and also pharma services. Right now, we're spending a lot of time in that healthcare services, healthcare IT area. Uh, we're seeing a lot of activity across urgent care, home health, hospice, doing some stuff in the skilled nursing space, um, also uh, the, your revenue cycle area, uh, and then also getting into some, some, some uh, activities in the payer services side. So, but broadly, I'd say, you know, healthcare services, healthcare IT, and pharma services. And we'll focus on both sell side and buy side transactions for clients, and then also uh, capital raising. Let's focus on uh, healthcare IT. You mentioned a couple, but maybe uh, uh, pulling back a little bit, how would you segment the healthcare IT market? Uh, what are the big categories that you would put things into? Yeah, fair question. So on the healthcare IT front, they would look at it in a few, few ways. Uh, one would be more of your your revenue cycle management uh, space. So you know things across that sector and that that area. And so we are doing something, and we've got something actually live in market now in that in that rev cycle uh, HIM coding area as uh, number one. Uh, but then also then thinking about patient engagement and those those tools, communication tools in the healthcare IT area. And then I'd say, you know, third would be within healthcare IT, again, broadly, and we can even go further, uh, but but also in your, let's call it your your services side around monitoring things, things such as remote patient monitoring, complex care management in those fronts. And, and really what you'll see going into and delving into the at home space and a lot of monitoring taking taking place there. What size do you usually encounter uh, these companies? They can all obviously start as a earlier stage kind of technology, build up into a cash flow business. When are, when are you, you usually encountering them? Yes, we are. We're in typically we'll, we will. And I'll, I'll talk more on enterprise value wise side. Our enterprise values in, will typically range and will average around the $100, 150000000 million plus area. Uh, we are in, you know, it's a, we'll, we will see things perhaps that can go as low as, you know, call it 20 million, 30 million, uh, but north, typically north of uh, 50 million, $50 million plus in that range. So, so we're not necessarily 
getting into the early, early stage things that you may see in the healthcare IT space. You know, there's a lot of folks in that, say, telehealth uh, area for, as one area, or maybe some folks doing some stuff on the AI side that may be uh, younger stage uh, companies. We will, you know, we have a lot of those opportunities and uh, companies come our way. We, we do try to find homes for them when, if it's something that, that it's something we, we're not going to work on ourselves or we'll assist with, but we do try to find paths and, and, and provide good advice on where, where folks may, may find the solutions that they're looking for, even if it's something we don't work on directly in that younger stage base. On the provider services side, you're obviously uh, delving into uh, governmental reimbursement uh, and just a higher order of kind of both risk and familiarity that you have to have to be an effective investor. And that kind of pushes uh, a number of potential buyers kind of out of that uh, segment. There's obviously a lot of people that that pursue provider services, but you have to more know what you're doing. How would you describe kind of the different types of uh, financial buyers in healthcare IT? Yeah, good question. So, so you 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 kind of hit that hit a nail on the head there on that on on that point with with your question there as well. So on. You're, we will see, we do a segment, we do, we can segment our, our buyer universe on the financial side, financial sponsor side, to your point, those that will take that reimbursement risk and, and those that will not. It's a pretty clear distinction for a lot of folks. You know, we do see a lot of interest in, in, in buy groups that do, that, that do and are open to taking that reimbursement risk and really stepping into the provider services. Others that are, that would like to still be in that provider services space, but aren't looking for the reimbursement risk. They really, they really are uh, looking at tools and services that are selling into the provider services. So it could be something such as a scheduling tool for as one or EMR businesses, et cetera. You know, those, those kind of things as well too, for those that do not want to take on the, the direct reimbursement risk and also the, the associated challenges around uh, recruitment, uh, physician recruitment, employee retention, things of that nature as well too. So so we do we do see a clear distinction in, in buyers that are that are in one or the other, but we do see a lot of interest in both though today. How do you think of pricing on these deals uh, in a traditional framing of multiples of EBITDA? What's the the range that you see in healthcare IT, and what are some of the drivers that push you uh, up or down in in that regard? Yeah, so healthcare IT with that you know really tech the tech aspect of it is really going to depend on is the company and or the is the target a a profitable uh, technology company, or is it really one that's really looking at uh, you know more of a revenue top line based business that's that's going to really be focused even more so, or or I'd say more emphasis around ARR or recurring revenue, so to speak. And so you know that technology play space, there is that there's a lot of focus, and you'll see you'll obviously you see a lot higher valuations on on companies that are in that that recurring revenue space or SaaS based businesses. But then there are others, though, and there are others, and I'll get to multiples, you know, multiples here in a second, too. But there are also others, though, that may have a blend, I'd say, recurring revenue plus transaction-based uh, revenue as well, too. And so with those, we are seeing a trend of with where valuations are trending, you know, I'd say in a higher realm for technology-based, as you know, I should say, SaaS-based businesses. We are seeing a trend where companies are looking to try to convert those transaction-based services to, you know, recurring-based to a recurring recurring based model, and you'll always have implementation fees and things of that nature to is as part of your overall uh, call it offering. But obviously, the more you can, you can shift into that recurring based revenue model and and really show that that track record of of renewals 
and I'd say increasing increasing top line on the recurring base side and higher margin tied to that as well too, the higher the multiple is going to be. And so your multiples for for that space can really trend anywhere from you know as you know let's say three four times five times but in some instances can go up to double digits depending on the value proposition of the business and this is of revenue if you are seeing someone that is that's that's uh, profitable as well and not just a growth company that that has a negative EBITDA uh, I, I mean it, it, the, the story begins to become even much more so powerful from a valuation standpoint and in uh, obviously from I shouldn't say obvious but also from a demand standpoint as well too an investor interest and, and appetite standpoint to the extent you can show a high recurring revenue base plus proof of concept on being able to scale at a profitable uh, on a profitable basis, the higher you would, you will certainly command from a multiple standpoint. When you're engaging with a, a company in healthcare IT, uh, what are some problem areas that you will see in a company? Whether it's a kind of heavy concentration of uh, customers, or w- what are some of the problem areas that a potential seller should be cognizant of? Yeah, the you have a lot of the what I'd say the traditional problem areas that you would see in any in any type of business, regardless of the, the subsector. So what you just mentioned that that concentration risk, proof of renewal and traction there, and then you know then also collections though too. So one thing I've I've, you know, I've seen even recently too is even on that if you want to drill in if you were to look at one area, let's say remote patient monitoring area. Seeing some folks that have had, you know, perhaps issues on the collection side, so to speak. So, you know, billing is there, the contracts are there, but the collection aspects and the true cash flow aspects could potentially have some challenges to it in that area. Let's say, secondly, it is the underlying technology itself. What's the actual uh, platform? Is it truly proprietary in nature or is it really a perhaps some small IP, but really a bolt on of outside outside technologies to really create the overall offering still can be very interesting, but it may not necessarily have as much of a, uh, of a, as they call it, um, a halo around it to the, to the, to the extent that the, the offering is really relying upon third parties to really support the, to support the whole capital stack in a large way. Those are some areas for sure. I'd say then, you know, outside of that, it's really your growth play and your, your growth, your growth strategy and what is, uh, what's on the roadmap on the technology front too. Today, it's always good to show what you're doing today and, and to have that, let's say, solid client base there uh, for, for your business. But it's really what's on the technology roadmap and how much, you know, how much invested capital is needed to really hit the next stage of your growth uh, on that actual offering side. So those are, I'd say those are the, the key areas. I'd say overall, the technology aspect itself and is it, is it actually, you know, a true proprietary based technology, you know, when you really dig under the covers and you, you can really see what's, what is there versus not there within the company that, that, that can sometimes turn into a problem. I say lastly, actually too, um, thinking further, it's really the onboarding and retention of your clients and, or if it's something that's say focus on patient engagement side, it's retention of the actual patient population or users or members that are actually on that platform. What's the actual ability to retain and engage the actual membership that's tied to to your actual offering, onboarding and, and retention are, are really key things. You can have the prettiest tool out there, but if you can't really, you know, if you can't once you sell it into a certain customer, if you can't get the uh, the onboarding or user interaction there, it really does drive down value as well too. So that's that's actually very important from a KPI standpoint overall. As you uh, kind of scale up in size, uh, let's call it a hundred and hundred fifty million dollar transaction value. 
what's the mix between kind of financial versus strategic buyers uh, in the healthcare IT space? Good question. Yeah, as you're as you're trying to starting to trend higher, you are you would be looking at what I'd call more so the quasi strategic to to strategic players. Um, more so as you trend really that 100, 150 million plus, that still is going to you know be a little bit more you know lower middle market uh, type value. So you you will you will certainly have some of the some of the, that's a leading even financial sponsors that don't that may not have a platform company in place that would that would have a high interest to the extent that they have a strong thesis in a certain area. But you know as you as you get to the 100, 150 million plus valuation you you are able to attract more so that some of you, you some of your strategics more so than even just the financial sponsors though but again i'd say it's a nice valuation range to step into for a buyer and i think that still that still leaves open though a wide market into to cast your net you know to cast out there though to both strategics and financials it's not large enough to where we're talking getting into the billion dollar plus range where that then starts getting more interesting around who you're talking to. 100, 150 million plus, you're talking a you know a revenue business that's that still has obviously gotten through proof of concept, is obviously showing you know good traction, but it's it's right in the wheelhouse of attracting, I'd say, a pretty equal balance of both strategic and financial. And going back to the the kind of subsectors, are there one or two that you are particularly bullish on that they're getting a lot more interest uh, than maybe in a, a couple of years back. Uh, I know those things shift around. Uh, wh- what are the, the most bullish right now? Uh, I'd say for, for, you know, this is me talking here, you know, and looking at what's going on in the market in general, I'd say, you know, as you continue to have these, these trends going towards what I'd, you know, call it value-based care or maybe shifts from, from, and potential shifts from fee-for-service, I think that just the the backbone of revenue cycle management, I think, is still going to be very important. So, uh, you know, with that, it could be both on the provider side and payer side for technologies in that place. So, you know, on the provider side, some of your, I call it your middle rev, middle rev cycle uh, type stuff and really call it uh, improving on the um, pre-billing, post-discharge pre-billing type type work and you, you be, the ability to use AI and other insights to to improve, you know, what what you actually are building out there, I think, is, is is going to be important and continue to be important. Two, you know, on that same note, on the on the payer side, it's going to be more of your payment integrity type aspect as well. Too, again, better insights, being able to make quick decisions on, you know, what is reimbursable, what's not, what's the right rates, you know, you know, duplicate duplicate invoices or duplicate claims, all that kind of stuff. I think that that's that that area is going to be really important on both the payer and provider side, and I. I pretty bullish on that on that aspect and there have been some hot transactions in those spaces on both sides i do think that there's more to come there two would be really around you know it's it's a question around um you know talk about you know monitoring the monitoring side it's not necessarily monitoring i'd say per se like what you'll hear in the traditional world the remote patient monitoring at least i think it's more of that complex care management or complex care or chronic care management space I think that that is actually going to continue to be a very or will be a very hot space for for some time uh, as well uh, with with not only the movement and shift to at the at home area, but also just a simple fact of just scalability here and being able to monitor these these high these high chronicities, high, uh, high cost members out there or individuals or patients out there in, in the uh, in the call it in the healthcare landscape, being able to manage them at scale when we're at when we're at the cusp of really call it a, a lower labor supply, labor shortage, and but still trying to manage your your overall 
cost of care. I think that those, I think that that technology and technologies that can be very effective in monitoring slash alerts and trying to even and, and have insights in preventing or stepping ahead of of it, of uh, call it um, episodes before they happen. I think those those technologies will be very will be very sought after and should be. Well, Michael, uh, thanks again for uh, participating in this episode. Uh, your your insights on this very active sector uh, were super helpful. Uh, and thanks again for joining us. Yeah, great. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the time. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this installment of The Banker's Corner. To learn more about today's discussion, please email host Jeff Cockrell at gcockrell at mcguirewoods.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This series was recorded and is being made available by McGuire Woods for informational purposes only. By accessing this series, you acknowledge that McGuire Woods makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this installment. The views, information, or opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily reflect those of McGuire Woods. This series should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state and should not be construed as an offer to make or consider any investment or course of action.